Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Boom. Boom. Yeah. What do you think? I like it all. I love the violent shit. Boom. Wow. I like it. Guys, Project Sapient. Season two. What are we like? Episode three or four? I don't even fucking know. Whatever. (laughs) We want to say thank you to our supporters. Havoc Journal, Vector Shields, Gym Junkies, LiveBoston617.org, WellnessForWarriors.live, ODKit.com, EagleEyeFirearms, MA.com, GunTrack.app, Boulay-Law.com, FitCops. I love all of our supporters. Mm-hmm. I love all of our listeners. We are number one on the planet Woo. as the police and military podcast. That's what I'm talking about. Fucking badass, bro. Yeah. So what's going on, Iman? What are we doing this week? Um... I don't know yet. <laughs> nah. Just kind of, kind of winging it. We're hey, we're just gonna hang out, guys. We're not gonna talk much, so we're just we're, gonna stare at each other. We're gonna be on our devices, so you guys, listeners, go on your devices, and we're just gonna interject here and there. You know what we should do? We should do a TikTok fucking episode. <laughs> just go through videos. I, I know. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> no, 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 no. So you right, sent me an seriously. awesome article. So yes, my latest article mm. on our friends, uh, my good, good, close friends at Havoc Journal, published, um, and I sort of took a different viewpoint, kinda like you always do, like I always do. And uh, this article, September 6th, was published of 2021, and uh, it's titled The Anthropological Approach to Law Enforcement. You lost me at the. (laughs) (laughs) Very big fucking words. (laughs) I started reading the article, and I was like, I can't read this. I'm a fucking idiot. Well, this is part of my dissertation for my doctorate. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're going (laughs) to... Doctor, I'm not calling you fucking Dr. I'm <laughs> weirdo. Doctor, actually, professor. Professor. <laughs> All right. So, anthropological approach to law enforcement. So, reason why I wrote this article is just, again, like you said, like you say, sometimes I write things because I see something, I just got to write about it, or, yep. you know, whatever. And one of the reasons why. I love picking on Bernie Sanders is because he says some of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Uh, not only that whole, if you disrespect, I should get shot in the back of the head, but he also said that if you have a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, you should have Hispanic cop patrol it. If you have a predominantly Asian, it should be an Asian cop. Now, I don't remember exactly where I heard that because Usually, when I hear stuff like that, my brain goes dead, and I, I drool a little, and I'm like, <laughs> I am stupid. Duh. So, exactly. So, he actually, and, and it dumbfounded me, he actually said that, and it showed me that, once again, our elected officials, you're not a fucking leader, you're an elected official, um... 
out of touch. Completely, completely out of touch. Out of touch of what America is. Completely out of fucking touch. One of the, I mean, best things, and it's also a challenge for law enforcement, for police officers, is balancing the law and personal professional life and keeping American streets safe. So, so we have a multitude of things. We have a home life. We have a yep. work life. We have, yep. we have it all. And this goes on. But there's one challenge that many, including police officers and police leaders, forget the challenging of policing a multicultural population. Mm -hmm. That's probably one of the biggest challenges as a cop, especially a city cop. Yeah. Uh, we have pockets of culture in every major city in the U.S. What I mean by pockets of culture, we have a large, we have large populations of Asians, Middle Easterns, Europeans, Africans, Hispanic. Uh, you know, list goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like, like for example, uh, up in Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan is the biggest Middle Eastern yep. uh, community that I know of uh, in the United States. And and it's kind of like uh, when you go through Dorch, uh, not Dorchester. Um, is it Mattapan where you see all uh, more Spanish, uh, more Span, or is that East Jamaica Boston? Plain or uh, East Boston? Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. East Boston. Yeah. So you see a lot more Hispanic signs for yeah. stores, stuff like that. Yeah. Dearborn is the same way; it's all Arabic signs sure. and stuff like that. So, so it it, it kind of makes me uh, laugh uh, sometimes because yeah, we're in the U.S., but you know what? That's the best thing about being in the U.S. Right? It's a melting pot of cultures together. Even though there's areas that are predominantly Middle Eastern or Asian or whatever it may be, even those areas are a melting pot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like you have the Greeks, you have the Italians. Yeah. yeah, they have their own areas, but they're going to Chinatown. They're yeah. going to. Well, that's what's great. You you know, we're not this you know homogenous society where if you know like uh, i i remember traveling to uh, south korea and everywhere you go obviously koreans yeah. yeah um and people like to give me the whole well why don't you be like norway or yeah. sweden but like yeah. fuck out of here fuck out of here like again those are all homogenous societies that have been there that have been like that for yep. thousands of years and U.S. We're only like three hundred years old. Four, you know, three yeah, three hundred years. We're we're still a baby. We're totally but, a baby. It's still an experiment. But in three hundred years, we welcomed anybody yeah. and everybody from the world. Those boats didn't stop fucking coming, man. No, I mean they're still coming. Actually, uh, I think my wife told me that um, <laughs> apparently a boat of Cubans landed recently. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember where, but somewhere in Florida. But yeah, the most recent thing. You know, you know what just came to mind thinking about people like Bernie Sanders who have zero clue how the real world fucking actually works, right? It's something on water in Vermont, I think. <laughs> but I know people from Vermont yeah, and, and a lot of them don't like them, mm -hmm. right? I, it got me thinking when you were saying, you know, it, let's say the uh, the Asian population, you want to have Asian cops there. Yeah. Doesn't that further segregate? Oh, absolutely. People. I, I felt, again, as, as a minority, I felt that was a racist statement. Right. I'm like... Like, you're Middle Eastern. Yeah. You have to go work in a Middle Eastern part of town? Exactly. What? I can't be a cop uh, in, <laughs> in wherever. Like, right. that, that's not the way policing works, you know? Fucking moron. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, we, you know, having a multicultural nation yeah. uh, differs uh, from most of the world, which we just touched on that. So why not take an anthropological approach, right? So what, what is anthropology? It's the study of what makes us human. Simple as that. It's a Greek word. Anthropo. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> Leonidas. It is a Greek <laughs> no, word. I know, I know, I know. And, uh, and uh, um, so it, Racist it, it, motherfucker. 
<laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, study of what makes us human. I mean, isn't that what Project Sapient is? Yep. It's human. The whole part of sapient. The whole part of sapient. And there are four uh, subfields of anthropology. There are archaeology, linguistic anthropology, physical anthropology, and sociocultural anthropology. What would the closest to law enforcement work? I'd go with sociocultural anthropology. And a basic explanation of it is this. So uh, basically what they do, uh, conduct long-term research in one or more communities and participate in daily activities while they observe and engage with community members. What does that sound like? Well, what we do. Oh, yeah, yeah. When we're yeah. out there on the beat, walking around, doing yeah. whatever, what are we you're doing? Engaging. You're, you're engaging. Learning. You're learning. You're learning. Yeah. We're talking. I mean, uh, like, it's so funny, like, you know... Um, Parts of my city are largely Cambodian and I can go over there and, you know, I shoot this shit and, you know, laugh and whatever. Like I can talk to anybody. Yeah. But it's to me like it interests the, the culture interests, mm -hmm. right? You know, some of the uh, mannerisms and all that stuff, like some parts of the world, um, a, a uh, person will never look at a cop in the eye because- yep. In their country, they get their asses beat. They get their asses beat. You're right. not allowed to look at a cop. Right. So when they look down, I'm like, oh no, no, look at me. Yeah. It's okay. We're yeah. not. We're, we're not where. I, I forget which country it was. Maybe it was Cambodia. I, I forgot exactly where. But it's something like that. But so they observe uh, with community members. This approach is always collaborative, grounded in conversation, rather than distant, in distanced. Uh, deconceptualized analysis. So remember a while back, we talked about how the cruiser destroyed uh, kind of the, the social aspect of yep. law enforcement yep. because now you have this generation of cops, all the windows are up and don't fucking talk to me. Yep. And they're stuck on their fucking computer. And they're on, they're on their own little bubble. Yeah, they're on their own little bubble. That took away this this part of it, the conversation. Yeah. You know, the, the talking to whoever, uh, you know, uh, learning about your beat, learning about the problems in your beat, in your sector. I tell a lot of the new kids when they're, uh, when they're getting into a part of the city that they don't know, one of the best and easiest icebreakers with, uh, different cultures is food. Oh yeah. Go into a Cambodian restaurant, yeah. go into a Mexican restaurant, oh, yeah. go into and find something that you enjoy and watch the business owner how much they actually love yeah. the fact that the Greek guy is loving my food. Oh my God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I used to go to a place in a, it was like a barbecue, legit, legit mom and dad place. The, the guy probably made millions because his food was so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it was legit Islander food. Yeah. And somebody like me walking in there, it was like the bar stopped and looked at me. But I loved it. Yeah. You know, I was eating goat. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it, but again, though, that's, that's the whole idea. You know, this approach and the knowledge it generates are intensely local on the ground and in the weeds. That's what we are as cops. Sure. We're boots on the ground. We're in the weeds. We're in the thick of things. With, so hold on. Yep. Can I now put anthropologist on my resume? That's what I was going to get to. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to get to. I was joking, but okay. No, no, but, but here's the thing, right? So uh, in the weeds with the peoples, uh, it studies. Yet synthesizing and critical of received uh, canons and theories, it's disciplined, participatory, long-term, and self-reflective methods mean that uh, ethnographic knowledge is hard-earned and unique. 
At the same time, sociocultural anthropologists often employ methods from the humanities and other social sciences to complement the research. Now, here's the thing. As cops, right, we wear hundreds of hats. Yeah. We are the social worker. We are the uh, fucking doctor. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, depending on the call we go to, sure. we have to switch hats. You're a Swiss army knife. Yeah. You got to switch. This right here is one of our Swiss army knives. Yep. Right. Especially in a very cultured uh, environment. Here's the thing. Like even in the U.S., you travel down south, different mannerisms, different breed of people different in the breed south, of people, just like the north, just like the west. Exactly. And and, you know, you let you move down south, you adopt their mannerisms. Yeah. You adopt again, you're adopting the change because that's what us as humans do. Again, it's the study of human. Sure. Of being human. Uh, so police officers don't get a degree in anthropology, which we just talked, but we can take aspects in the field and apply them to our work daily. Yep. Many officers already do it without even realizing it. And you, you make a very good point in that. Yep. And I want to, I want to make, I, I want to put it out there that yep. if you're a new cop, you better start doing that. Oh, fuck yeah. Regardless of where you're working. Otherwise you'll fail in your career. Mm -hmm. If you don't get to know the humanities and everything that's going on in your neighborhood, and oh, you're, you're beat. You're you're, you're you're a failed cop. Well, you're a failed cop, but it's also fucking dangerous. Yeah. Because certain cultures get mad a different way too. Yeah. It's a danger thing. It's a safety thing. Yeah. You know, I know Greeks get mad in a certain way. Yeah. I know that Arabs get mad in a certain way. Yeah. I know that, like for for example, Asians. Yeah. For example, there's a certain part of uh, in in the Asian culture, and I I think I had said this in one of the shows. I had to pull a kid off of another one because he was talking to an Asian gentleman. Yeah. And he was smiling. Yeah. And the officer took it as an insult. He's like, what the fuck are you smiling at? Oh, boy. And I had to pull him back. And I'm like, hey, dude, it, like I could tell what was going on. He yeah. couldn't. Yeah. And I had to explain it to him that it was kind of a, a thing of shame. Yeah. And I could tell what part of Asia he was from. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, no, he was smiling because he's being a wise ass. I'm like, no, he's not. No. That's what I always tell, like, a lot of the new guys, right, with, with Arabs and, and Greeks and all that. Yeah. I said, listen, if you ever hear them la talking loudly, they're not they're fighting. Not, they're not arguing. It's it's like, <laughs> you and I, you saw this in Iraq and Afghanistan big yeah. time, right? Yeah. But even here, when you see people from those from those areas, they like to get close to you. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as personal space. There's no personal space. No. They'll get in your fucking face. Oh, yeah. And especially when, when you shake their, their hands, yeah. sometimes they'll hold on to that hand and while they're talking Exactly. To you. You know, eventually they will let go. But here's the thing. That's cultural. Like, that's fine with me. I, I'll shake, you know. Absolutely. Uh, except for Pete. I won't shake his hand because it's scary. Yeah, you were kissing my <laughs> neck earlier, you fuck. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, It it th that's exactly what it is. It's it's a approach that we should always do. And it's approach that we, as cops, uh, sorely need. And... So I'll give you a quick example. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I got so many examples of, of this. Um, I got a phone call uh, from one of our patrolmen. Uh, he was uh, investigating possible domestic violence. Some, you know, something wacky. He was trying to put his foot, uh, you know, thumb on it. And he's a very, very smart cop, very good dude. Mm -hmm. um, reached out to me because he knows I speak Arabic and I'm from that region. Good way to use his resources. Exactly. He called me up and he said... Um, he gave me the background. I said, all right, let me, let, I knew, you know, I was all my days off, which is fine. You know, I, I don't mind picking up the phone for guys and, you know, help out. So, um, I spoke to this person, um, and 
I couldn't get the full story. Again, it's different on the phone because I, in my culture, uh, I'm sure with Greeks same way. Like I have to be face to face. Yes, I can't. Hundred percent. I can't just talk on the phone. Like it has to be you. You and I, we understand each other's cultures, right? And yeah. I have a lot of other Lebanese friends. I have a lot of Greek friends. Yeah, we'll text a lot. We text like crazy. We'll call like crazy. But you need that FaceTime too. Exactly. And I'm not saying FaceTime. I'm talking physical, yeah, physical FaceTime. Exactly. So that's why I, I told my I told him I'm like, hey, listen, um, let me. Yep. Uh, are you working tomorrow? Yep. Okay. Let me because of the sensitivity of the possible investigation. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no danger, nothing like that. So I felt comfortable, you know, giving it giving ten it, hours. Yeah, right. giving it ten hours, and the next day I come in. So I went to the victim's re residence the next day with with my partner, with uh, with my partner and the officer who called me. The victim greeted us at the door. In this case, I'll reveal it. The, the victim is female. Um, I put my right hand over my chest. Ah, I've seen that. Yeah. You've seen that, right? Yeah. And in in Middle Eastern culture, that's Did very common. Did she do it back? Uh, she actually extended her hand to shake. So ah. now I can shake. It's 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 a respect. Uh, you sure. Know, so just so these fucking wackadoos that don't know culture, I am not. Uh, I'm putting my hand against my chest for. To respect her. Exactly. Not to oppress or whatever the fuck you guys, some, some. Some idiot, some idiot will twist yeah, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, some idiot will, uh, guaranteed. But so I put my hand over my chest, but then she extended her hand. In our culture, uh, when the woman extends her hand, then you it's can. fine. It means she gave you permission yep. to shake her hand because it's a sign of respect. And she gave you permission to come into the house. Was she Muslim? Uh, no, uh, okay. it's, it's, it's a very common thing. It doesn't have sure. to be Muslim. Yeah, yeah. That's Christian. why I was asking. Yeah. You. It's, it's, it's more cultural. Okay. Uh, it's not so much just Muslim. Um, but what was interesting though, is, um, she had her brother on FaceTime who was in Abu Dhabi. Oh, no kidding. To also sit in the meeting to talk to me. Wow. So that was a little different. I'm like, Oh, all right. Yeah. You know, because he, he was concerned sure. for his sister. So I go in there and I'm talking to them and it turned out it wasn't as big of a deal as it was. She just needed some information for resources. I think it's more on the mental side, uh, mental health side. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. she's new in this country and, and trying to figure out the weeds of it. Talk about she's new in the country, right? She yeah. sees this big, scary fucking country, this monster that's the America that, yeah. that she sees brand new. Anybody, people don't understand when they first come here. They're deer in headlights, man. Oh, it's big. It's well, the whole. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying geographically just. I'm saying in every essence. Well, the big buildings, the big people, the big. Fucking here's the thing, my like where my family's from in in Lebanon, we're a village, and that's right, it. legit village, so, legit. So what I, I'll never forget my great uh, uncle when he first came to the U.S. Again, this dude's grown up in the village. Mm -hmm. and that's as far as he went. He came to the U.S. and he. Like it was sensory overload. It, exactly. He couldn't like, you know how it is on 93 leaving the airport, how <laughs> fucking backed up it is. Yeah. And I'll never forget. Like you see the taillights running like miles. Yeah. And he's like, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. This is order. This <laughs> right here. Look at them. They're like ants going up a hill, you know? So it made me laugh, but then it right. also kind of like, yeah, that showed the village. Like yeah. in the village life, you don't see this type of stuff. So she is scared. She's got sensory overload. She yep. has whatever kind of issue she had and, yep. and needed help. And here yep. comes an officer that understands her culture. Exactly. And, and how beautiful is that? Well, and, and here's the thing. 
her brother uh, uh, thanked me because he said he was happy to have someone who understood, uh, a police officer, yep. who understood the customs and courtesies of their culture, and they were able to put their trust in me. I Quick quick yep. story. Yep. I don't know if I sent you the video or not, but there was a uh, an incident that happened. Uh, the people didn't know that I was Greek, and I ended up saying there was an issue with the kid. Yeah. I ended up saying the kid's name in the way Greeks would say it. Yeah. And it was pure, like, natural to yeah. me. It wasn't like yeah. a tactic that I used. I just said it. Yeah. And it instantly brought the situation from a 10 to a 2. Yeah. Because I saw I saw people's shoulders drop yeah. in the family. They were like, yeah. oh, shit, he's Greek. <laughs> yeah. And it brought things down to a two. Even even the even the person that needed the assistance, it brought it down to a two. It was like, what the fuck? This guy just spoke to me in Greek. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> the same thing with me. And uh, actually, a quick story also in my city. Um, you know, it was a large disturbance in the neighborhood. And you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, multiple people involved. So I start making my way down there. And once I get there, um, <laughs> the supervisor, uh, the road supervisor goes over the air and asks for a Spanish-speaking officer. Mm-hmm. They weren't, it wasn't Spanish, it was Arabic. I can hear it. <laughs> so so I tell the road supervisor. That ain't Spanish, man. I said, um, hey, sir, that's not Spanish. They're speaking Arabic. I got this. <laughs> Are you sure that yeah. ain't Spanish? Yeah, it was just so funny. And, and But the same thing, though. It was at a 10. Brought it and down. as soon as I start speaking, like right away, I went up to them. Like I spoke in Arabic. I said, hi, my name is mm -hmm. Officer so-and-so. I'm with the police department and uh, what what's going and you can see they're like oh shit yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah all right we we got something that we got someone that understand which it turned into something that it wasn't so you saw the social cues yep. you saw the anthropologic cues mm -hmm. Whoa, see what i did big there big words big words <laughs> buddy <laughs> that's why you need to be as a cop you're the swiss army knife you need to be almost the United Nations. It's it's that's the thing. We wear many hats. Yeah, and we deal with many cultures. You know, and and you could tell. I mean, uh, you know, I, I talk about even um, uh, any cop can do this. Mm -hmm. You absolutely. I'm not saying you got to learn the language or whatever. It'd be helpful if you know some of the language because sure. you know what? Yeah, we're a melting pot. Yeah, they're in America. They're supposed to speak English, you know, quote unquote. But here's the thing: the reality of it is, the older you are, the less likely you're able to grasp. Oh, the it's language. tough. Yeah, it just it is what it is. Sure. Um, so, just saying a couple words in that person's language eases them so of much. Of course it does. It, you can tell, and you, and you can tell, you know, like when we speak in our native tongues to uh, really bad situations and you can see them just calm right down. It shows them the willingness of the other person. They want to participate. Yeah. It shows them that they're open to the culture. Exactly. Like I said, start it with food. Exactly. Don't wait for an incident. Go oh, to no. a local Cambodian restaurant in the Cambodian part yeah. of town. Yeah. Watch how happy the owner gets. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, that, but here's the thing, you know, learning about the different cultures in your sector or city will not only give you a tactical edge, but you, you will be also winning the hearts and minds of the people you are there to serve. Special forces doctrine right there. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's one thing with, with my, with the, with the Plankley clothes unit I'm in charge of. That's, that's it right there. Yep. That's it. Why have enemies everywhere when you can make friends? Well, getting into the plain clothes stuff, right? Yeah. We always talk about command presence and yeah. looking sharp and this and that. And some people have even questioned the use of fucking plain clothes. Yeah. People don't understand the psychology behind that. Oh, huge. Uh, and my guys, uh, the, the guys that work with me have never worked plain clothes until yeah. this year. 
they could tell right away people's demeanors to a plainclothes cop. It changed. Sure. It put them, he, he like, guy, the guys would tell me, like, uh, people are inviting us into their homes. That exactly. never happens when you're in uniform. Because is it, I'm, and I'm not saying it to sound it's, all it's, fucking it's a stigma. fluffy and it, no, all no, that. No, no, it's a stigma. It can be, being yeah. Being uniformed. Yep. You know, it, it, because uniform means authority. You're, yeah, you're, you're a, a pillar of authority. Yeah. But now you have Officer Iman coming in dressed, I mean, you could be in a suit and tie depending on what you're doing, but yeah. you're dressed in plain clothes. Yeah. You're taking down a level of the psychology, the anthropology yeah. of everything that's going on for these exactly. people. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, we go in on a softer approach purposely. Yeah. And that's what we call it. We call it the softer approach. And my tools is my words, really, in yeah. terms of de-escalation or whatever. Yeah, I might, depending on who I'm dealing with, I might take my OC spray with me. Nine times out of ten, I don't need to use it. Right. But it all, it, you, you just need to work harder as a cop. That's just, it, it, and, and it just drives me crazy with, with some of these, uh, these uh, millennial cops <laughs> that, again, I said some, not all, some, just don't get it because they get in their head that, I'm the cop. Listen to me. Listen to me. You know? I said it. I think we said it in the, the last episode with Jeff. Command presence only goes so far. Yeah. You can come out of the car and be a complete and utter dick. Like, we've we've seen the videos of even some of those troopers that were just, they were, you know, knife-handing everybody and, oh and, and just being, you know, they thought that they were fucking a drill sergeant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Your command presence and your attitude is only good as good your command presence and your attitude is only as good as the peop, the person receiving it exactly because i've had people i've had somebody in like a general status giving me his attitude and i've like in my head like looking at him and being like a i can choke you out right now mm -hmm. b you have no authority over me mm -hmm. c fuck out of here <laughs> like exactly you, i wanted to give him the respect yeah yeah that that's that's 100 but, but he took that <laughs> as i have power over you yeah and no you don't mm -hmm. <laughs> like, but you see what i'm saying yeah how many times have you been in a situation where you get out of the car and you're like hey stop and the guy turns around like fuck you yeah <laughs> like, i'm just you, like oh, you know what okay. i mean okay and, but but you and I get that because yeah. of our cultural yeah. stuff, yeah. right? A lot of these kids don't realize that. No, it's because I, you know, I, I blame it on on lack of travel sometimes. Yeah. Uh, if 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 there's there's I, I'll never forget there's there's I'll you know I, I go all over. If if I'm gonna go to another part of the world, I'll go to another part of the world. Part of vacationing, part of the ex, you know experience sure. and all that. And I remember I was told before by uh, by certain cops, well, why are you traveling outside the U.S. U.S. has everything. I'm like, no, U.S. Stop. does not. Stop. I said, I don't know. I said, listen, stop the madness. We like, have the greatest country in the world. I don't think we have the best vacation spots. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm going to say it. Listen, you've sent me the pictures of <laughs> your motherland. I've sent you pictures of my motherland. We have some, again, top I, seven wonders of the world are right in that region. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I would never trade this country for anything. No, no, never in a million years. I'll never move out of here. I'll never. I And I am thankful that I'm the first generation Greek. Yeah. I'm thankful that my parents did what they did and came here. Yeah. But there's a world out there, guys. Yeah. And we're not in a bubble in the United States. Yeah. Like you just said, we're the biggest fucking melting pot. Oh, absolutely. Like 
all of this anthropological, socio-anthropological studies are based in the United States. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Exactly. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. This is a question I want to ask. You know, our Spanish, Arab, Chinese, Indian, whatever culture you are, our listeners in America, when you walk into your culture store or business, don't you already feel welcomed? I do. Yeah, I do too. Right? Unless there's, you know, fucking fuck the police up on the, on well, the wall or that, something. That, yeah, that's, that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but nine times out of ten, you won't see that, though. No. You know, in the in these types of shops. Because it, my the best part about our country and those who come from the outside in, like yeah. my family, your family... We have a different appreciation for America. They've seen what it's like on the outside. They've seen what it's like on the outside. Look at fucking Afghanistan. Yep. With the uh, with the yeah, you know, I could do a whole episode about that, but we'll 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 <laughs> next episode. Next episode, because I got some things I could I, I could say. Fuck every. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna just tuck under the desk right now. Yeah. Just- okay. Yeah. I'm in getting mad, but <laughs> but it, but here's the thing. It goes to show, and and you know what's funny. Um, I watched this thing by Bill Maher. Um, That's your first problem, but okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just thing. kidding. I'm kidding. Listen, you got to look at all aspects yes. here. You know yes. that. And, you yes. Know. But this is what he said, right? He said as much, and I'm, I'm summarizing. Uh, I don't remember word for word, but I, I had, I gave him a little shred of respect. I'm like, you know what? Good for you. Yeah. He said, over the years, as much as I've criticized this country for X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. Um, to see the Afghani people try to escape yeah. their country and others and other cultures try to escape their country to come to America yeah. touched me differently. Was it the same video where he said to see an Afghani mother hand yes. her child yes. to an American? Yes. What does that tell you? Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, I I agreed with his whole statement, and yep. then he talked about how the Taliban executed a comedian, an Afghani comedian, yep. and he was thinking about himself as much as he bashed forty five and whatever. Yeah, yep. he didn't get taken out to the square and get executed. <laughs> so so you know so he got this new appreciation for what he has. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I'm sure many Americans that watched that were probably like. You know what? It's probably good to be here. There's some that do. Yeah. There's some that refuse to. Yeah. And I understand that because yeah. if you're born and raised here, you haven't had the opportunity to see other cultures. But that's, I'm telling you, go out and go to Chinatown. Yeah. Go to the Dominican area. Yeah. Go to the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go to the Cambodian yeah. area. A, a lot of times when I would walk into stores, I would I go back to stores a lot because my dad had a store and I yeah. saw how the cops and stuff interacted with him. Yeah. Anytime I walk into a place of business and they're like, what's up, brother? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, they're not calling me officer. They're seeing way past my uniform. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. What's up, brother? Yeah. Hey, you know what? Can I get a fucking ham and cheese (laughs) sub? Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yep. There was an instant connection there. Nine out of 10 times, they were foreigners. You know, it's funny, actually, uh, uh, in the city, in the big city where where you work, I... uh, in my previous uh, job, I walked into a convenience store and there was a couple of guys uh, standing there and uh, I grabbed my Gatorade and I was walking up. I was in full uniform. I was patrol uniform at the time. And uh, I go up to them and, uh, you know, one of them looks at me and I said, hey, what's up, B? And <laughs> yeah. he, he looks at his, at his boy. He's like, 
this cop called me B. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> his boy is like, yeah, man, he's human too. Right. You know, and I'm like, that guy, you know, I fist bumped both of them. It goes said, both exactly. ways. It goes both ways. Exactly. So when I walk into a convenience store, into a store in full uniform, I don't walk in as the asshole. Why you know you, some cops do that. You, yeah, you know. know some cops know. do that. I know. I don't walk in like that. You can't, dude. You're setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. Because you know what? That store clerk now sees that asshole comes out of you. They ain't going to say shit to you. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I, again, I said it. Your command presence is only as good as the willingness of the person accepting it. Exactly. I've gone into a 7-Eleven, I remember a few years ago, um... I walk in, shoot the shit with the clerk like I always do, you know, whoever's working. I'll hang out a little bit because, one, that adds uh, crime prevention. Visibility, Visibility, all that good stuff. I purposely park my cruiser a certain way, get out, go grab whatever. Um, And then I go to the bathroom real quick. There was two people that walked in. I go to the, you know, they see me. I go to the bathroom. I come back. Clerk right away says, hey, those two that just walked out. (laughs) They just like said to me, oh, I hope he's not looking for me. <laughs> you know what? I went and, gra- and and found them. Yeah. Yeah. One of them had a warrant. No shit. Yeah. But here's <laughs> the thing, though. The interaction with the with the uh, clerk, right? Just showing that mutual respect, shooting the shit, joking, being human. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That clerk used to fucking make fun of me for having, uh, driving the Dodge Charger around, you know, unmarked Dodge Charger. She's like, she's like, oh, I bet you you fucking drive 110 miles an hour when no one's looking. I'm like, oh, you know it. You know, like, right. You know, I'll be like, yeah, hell yeah. I will take a ride. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) and you know, and and some of the clerks would would say, oh, we, we, we used to know it was you when you come around the corner and that engine just roars and (laughs) you know, so, but, but again, be that human. Yeah. Right. In the end, we're human. We're, we're not as cops. We're not this robotic fucking RoboCop or whatever that has to be an asshole every day. And you know what? Taking it a little bit further, it goes on the other side, too, for for the non-police and the non-military listening to our podcast. Yeah. For the civilians listening. Yeah. Realize, again, it's Project Sapient, Project Human. Yeah. We're human beings too. Absolutely. We come from different cultures. Absolutely. We, all of that stuff that we just talked about applies to the other side. Absolutely. And and here's the thing, like it, it reminds me uh, of also like people on the other side who aren't cops, who aren't military. Um, when us cops are looking for, let's say a bank robbery suspect and you happen to be wearing the same clothing. Right. It, you're probably not him, but the, you know, the other side takes it so personal. Yeah. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal because you know what? The more you're being belligerent, ah, you don't fucking know me. I fucking blah, blah, blah. The more you're belligerent, the less time, the more time you're taking from us for looking for the actual perpetrator. I'll give you a really good example. It just yeah. popped into yeah, my yeah. head. Uh, five years ago, I'm driving in one of the tack cars. Guy cuts us off, mm-hmm. right? And the Greekness in me comes out. I don't start yelling or anything like that, but I throw my hands in the air in a certain way. You yeah, know what oh I'm yeah, talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. I throw my hands up in the air in a certain way. I'm not swearing at the guy. I'm yeah, not yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Right? And the guy like stunned, was stunned by the way my hands went up in the air. Yeah. I, I, I Well, I'll try and post a video of it just so people can see what I'm talking about. Right? Yeah. So I go back to the base and uh, I got complained on saying that I was raising my fists to him. Yeah. And I'm like, What's he talking about? Yeah, yeah I got mad yeah. and I threw my hands up, but I wasn't like yeah 
What is, who does that? Yeah. Like, who's raising up that fist? That's back in the 20s. Ah, I'm going to knock gonna you, get out. you buddy. <laughs> Let's throw down, yeah, buddy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. And I, I'm sitting there trying to, it, it was like internal affairs and stuff got involved. And I'm trying to explain to them. I was like, yeah. guys, I'm sorry. But it was like a cultural thing. I wasn't swearing to the guy. I was just like, God damn it. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck was that? Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And so I had to go through this whole thing. Ugh. So it applies there. It's a yeah. cultural thing on our end. Too. Yeah. And, and that's something... UIA punks need to learn about your <laughs> cops and their cultures because yeah, that's exactly 100%. true. Because I, I, I've seen, I've done that myself in, in the cruise and Mark cruise or whatever. And, and you know, it's the end of my tour duty. I don't want to pull anybody over. I just want to <laughs> fucking get back to base as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I have the blinders on. And when someone does something so obviously stupid and I'm in a Mark patrol car, I'm like, what? the fuck right. you know and i know exactly what you're talking about because <laughs> i've done it myself because all i want to do is just go home hey buddy yeah, i know let's hey, throw buddy, down. Yeah, you know <laughs> fucking get the fuck out of here <laughs> fucking people correct Th- me but thank god that the the ia guy kind of understood it too yeah you know what i mean he was yeah. like i got you and he knew me and all yeah, that yeah. he was like i know that you're not an asshole yeah so but again tell you tell the people guys that that don't listen to our show. Have them listen to this episode. Yeah. Just so they can get that we're A, trying to understand the anthropologic, the socio-anthropologic side of things. Yeah. And that you should try and understand ours too. Absolutely. Because that's the thing. So so going back to uh, to what I was talking about, about walking into a business mm-hmm. where it's your culture and all that stuff, um, deep inside in our subconscious, we are more comfortable with our own. Yeah. It just is. It just is. Yep. And, and because they know our, we know our mannerisms, we know our culture, we know our customs and courtesies, we know all these things. So we are a lot more comfortable. Think again, when, when, when I travel somewhere, for example, Martinique, right? When I took vacation out there, it's all predominantly French and they only speak French, very little English here and there, but they have their own, you know, customs, courtesies, whatever. I was in a foreign land. You know, and I was fine with it. Yeah. I loved every minute of it because to me, it was part of the adventure of, you know, saying a couple words in French, uh, getting food, getting this, getting that. And absorbing the culture. Exactly. And it was so fun to me. And and you can see it on their faces that they appreciated that, oh, you got this American all tattooed up. Um, who's not a fucking asshole yeah. when he comes into our country because it's, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. You know, and and it's it's like, I, I I get it. You know, you don't need to be an asshole. But let me ask you a question. You're there, right? Yeah. Like you're at the pool or whatever, and you hear somebody speaking English, and you know they're from the states. Aren't you going to have an instant connection with that person? Oh, absolutely. I've I've actually done that a couple times. Unless um, they're a Biden supporter. <laughs> 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 no, so so actually I did. I, I met a retired cop at the beach, uh, Martinique. He was on. He did one of those cruise ships, and uh, and it was uh, it was funny because uh, me and him were just talking, and and it was my in laws who found out he's a cop, and they're like, you know, hey, I'm a yeah, bro. I'm like, why do you do that? <laughs> Stop telling Pete. Like, <laughs> did you walk up like, eh, no, no English? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, no yeah, English. Yeah. Like I'm in target. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, what? yeah. No, no. So, so he turned out to be a good shit. I forget exactly where, but he's retired and and yeah, oh yeah, instant connection. American. You know, we talk police talk. I mean, talk about right a connection right there. You know, uh, socio anthropological connection right there. You know, we know each other's culture not only as Americans but as cops. 
Yep. So, so it, it, it's amazing that way. And, and, but that's the thing. It's, it's just the way it is. It is human. That's the whole point of this type of approach in policing, acknowledging the human aspect of the job for both as cops and the community. You need to be nearly an expert in your community. You what, should. What causes your community to tick? What causes a certain street to tick? What causes a certain uh, uh, culture to tick? Mm-hmm. Right? Like the Cambodians, they are very enclosed and they keep everything in-house yep. and they take care of everything in-house. Lebanese, we're the same way. Everything's in-house. Greeks just don't give a fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything gets, well, yeah, uh, that is true. <laughs> Except when you want to slay Persians, you're like, fuck it. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it, 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 it's like, it's, it's so different for guys like you and me who understand that, 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 that aspect of the job. And I, and I say to our younger officers and, and I know we have a lot of younger officer listeners because they send us emails all the time and, you know, DMS on Instagram and, and all that. And they always ask for advice and stuff like that. And one of the things, you know, I want to tell you as a young officer, be that guy, yep. be that Swiss army knife. You don't have to apply to every single specialty in your police respective police department. If you, a patrol officer, can make far more of an impact in their beat than any detective would, than any SWAT operator would, sure. than any narcotics unit would, than any gang unit would. Not to dog anybody in those units. We've been in those units. Oh, yeah. But yeah. if it's gotten to that level, patrol has failed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what it is. Uh, that's why I said, you know, some people say, oh, why did the SWAT team get called? I'm like, SWAT team got called because patrol couldn't. I shouldn't say failed. I said failed. that I said that the wrong way. It was beyond the capability of. Uh, well, here's the thing. Patrol, you're going from call to call to call. Right, exactly. So, yeah, no, I, I, exactly, I knew what you meant. It right. didn't fail. But what I say when SWAT gets called, I say, well, think about it. SWAT's there because now patrol couldn't, didn't have enough resources to deal with that situation. They need help. They need help. Yep. And that's, I'm like, that's the only reason why SWAT's there, you know, and, and it's not rocket science. Yeah. The patrol officer is only limited to their experience training and all that. And that's yep. what me and you are harping on. The patrol should be getting the most training out of all of the units. hundred percent. Because they're the ones out there. They're in the thick of it. That's the thing. When the 911 calls come in for an active shooter. SWAT gets in after the fact. Yep. Unless you have a SWAT operator working a beat. Or a tech car or, or something. Or car or right. something. That's different. But most of the officer-involved shootings in these active shooter situations. Patrol guys. Patrol guys. Always patrol guys are the first ones there. So gang fights. Patrol guys are the first ones there. Yeah. You know, gang units, narc units. Yeah, those are investigative functions that we investigate. Let me ask you a question. We're talking about cultures. Yeah. How many guys in, a, in Iraq... In Afghanistan, you could tell me because of Iraq. Yeah. How many guys in Iraq at checkpoints would get in the shit because they'd put up their fucking hands to people to stop? Yeah. And what does that mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's completely different. Yeah, it's right? different. It's yep. usually come talk to me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so these American soldiers, and I'm not dogging them. Yeah. I'm not dogging them. They were no. telling the guy to fucking stop. They yeah. just weren't aware of the anthropologic yeah. aspect of it. Exactly. They were telling the guy to stop means something different for Joe from Montana yeah. than 
Habib from Iraq. Yeah, yeah exactly. And Habib from Iraq was like, he wants me to talk to him. Let me keep going. So here's here what's funny. Like me speaking Arabic and from the culture and all that, I was I was just shooting the shit with one of the uh, one of the community members in there in, in Iraq in one of the villages. And me and him are just talking. And I, w- I told him, oh, yeah, you know, we could paint this wall. And he stopped. He looked at me like puzzled. Paint. He's like, what do you mean? I said, no, you can change the color I mean. He's like, oh, so I forget the word he told me for paint, but the Lebanese word for paint was something means military raid. (laughs) I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, no, that's not what. Listen, all I'm talking about is, you know, covering the wall. He pulls out a fucking rifle. (laughs) I know. I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. I'm talking about just painting a wall. But but again, even in in my case, because, again, the Middle East, every country has different. Thing. Like it's a every it was region amazing. of every country, and that was a wake up to me because again, like us Lebanese, yeah, we're the best because we don't want to talk to fuck everybody else. <laughs> you know, where we don't need to talk to anyone else. But <laughs> you know, going to Iraq, a uh, whole different set of rules, yeah. whole different set of. Uh, I mean, ninety percent same culture. There was enough similarities that yeah. you could pick up. Exactly. There was enough. And there was just then there was these little things. Yeah. Different. That I had to, and here's what's funny. So I went up to, I remember we had a recon mission, all that. I went up to an Iraqi uh, um, uh, army guy who was standing at a checkpoint and I told him, hey, keep this clear. We have a huge convoy coming up. He did this. I don't know if you know this. No. He pointed at each of his eye. Yeah. Gave me the thumbs up. That means I got your back. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's. In, in the Arab world, that's what wow, that means. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Never so heard of he that. points one finger, each eye, and had a huge smile and gave me a thumbs up. And because I was speaking to him in Arabic, first he was shocked. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, and he, he uh, I forget exactly what he told me, but I, the one thing I remember is this. Yeah. And I remember the uh, American soldier uh, next to me who didn't know, he's like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I was like, oh, he, it means he's got our six. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, let's go. Man, I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: you, as a as a as a U.S. Army guy, um, you have someone like me that understood it right away, and I was like, oh fuck yeah, this dude, this dude's gonna take care of us. It it goes above and beyond, right? Even European cultures, yeah, right. And I know the Lebanese do it a lot. I've been to business meetings with somebody that I've just met. Like we've had an email relationship, and now yeah. it's like we're gonna have a meeting, and I yeah. meet this woman, and she gives me a kiss. Yeah, and people are like. You guys fucking? And it's <laughs> like, uh, no. It's just cultural. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. And to the woman, it's not anything but like normal. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, hi, Peter. Just, nice to meet you. Yeah. Mwah, mwah. <laughs> well, I've, I've met uh, Eastern European women in, in college, and I was really just good friends with them. Yeah. And I would go up to them, yeah, I'd kiss them on, on the cheek. And, exactly. You know, we, and guys would be like, just like that. Oh, I didn't know you two were banging. Like, what? <laughs> it's my friend, dude. Know, it's my friend, dude. I'm not like. And guys, don't get weirded out when guys do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's a cultural the, the thing. The old school guys, they still they still do it. It's just a cultural thing. It's a respect yeah. thing. If if uh, I'll tell you right now, if you, if if like a guy from the culture does that, it means he has deep respect. Deep for respect. Yeah. And and same thing with the female, uh, deep respect for you. But it's the, like the same thing. That's why I put my hand on my chest and yep. have let her decide whether she wants to hug me or, or shake my hand, you know, however she, you know, it's, it's just a, a, a respect thing. So now, if I do it to you, 
I'll knock you out. <laughs> Check your wallet. <laughs> you let me close enough, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, watch out of the Greeks. Yeah, beware. What's the fucking beware of the, the Greeks even when they bring gifts? Yeah, exactly. Hey, Trojan horse, buddy. Amen. <laughs> so, right. uh, so if you're uh, actually this this last paragraph kind of sum, mm -hmm. sums it right up. This job is not just a profession, and this is something we always talk about. It is a trade craft. As police officers, we must go beyond just enforcing laws, preventing crime and disorder. One of the most effective ways I found is winning the hearts and minds for the, of those I protect. We aren't occupiers of a foreign country. We are the last line of the defense in the U.S. How many terrorist attacks have we thwarted? Knock on wood. I mean, how, I mean, yep. like we get the intel reports and oh, we know. Yeah. And if people were to know, they'd be shocked. I tell people sometimes within OPSEC of things that have happened and they're oh, like, yeah. no, they don't believe half of it. And I'm like, all right, I'm fucking not going to tell you anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, but again, though, there's a reason why we have OPSEC. There's a reason why we don't tell because right. there's certain investigative uh, avenues that we take after the event or before the event or whatever. when we stop it, uh, there's other things that happen in the background. So, and again, how many victims of heinous crimes have we brought justice to yep you know we have a massive undertaking in this profession and as a profession we must continue to improve and i think this is one of the things we need to improve on absolutely dude we need to constantly be improving it's a business yeah what we do is a business you're serving your community just like in a business you're serving your customers yep. if you're not co constantly evolving and constantly improving your business somebody's going to take you out well here's the thing like Again, I hate kind of using the analogy of business with, with I, policing, which I, you get why. Yeah, yeah. Because some police leaders have taken it literally, treated as a business, and yeah. you're, you're supervisors and managers. You're not even sergeants and lieutenants. You're supervisors and managers. You're not a fucking Amazon foreman at, <laughs> at a warehouse, and right. you got supervisors and managers. That's I'm, not the way. I'm checking my work. clipboard. Exactly. Oh. You know, and you're not you're not telling your fucking people like, hey, we need to meet this quota by the end of the month. Right. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble or whatever. That's not that's not what we do. What, what Pete's talking about about business is is more on the human level. Of in the abstract almost. Yeah, improving yourself. That's why, I mean, in, in business, Pete knows, he's been in it. It's a cutthroat business. Policing, same way. Cutthroat. It's cutthroat. And survive or die. Exactly. For for policing, that's what it is. Survive or die. In the analogy of business, yeah, your business fails. If you're not that if you're not willing to do the work and actually improve yourself to improve your business, it's never gonna happen. In in business, I'm constantly acting and believing that I am number two. Yep. That somebody is beating me. And it's constantly, knock on wood, and I'm not patting myself on the back, it's constantly making me better myself. You know, It's bettering myself. There's a great uh, quote by Matthew McConaughey during one of his Oscar speeches. I loved it, actually. Um, he talked about how, who's his hero? Yeah. And he's like, you know, people always ask me who's my hero and all that. And it's simple. It's me 10 years ahead. Yeah. That's who I want to catch up to. That's I, not that's I, not a conceited thing. It's not a conceited thing. It's just like when we say the only guy you're competing with is the guy in the mirror. No one exactly. else. Exactly. It's an ego thing. 
I feel, and you know my takes on failures, right? Like, yeah. I love failure. Oh, failure, that's part of the process. I love it. I embrace it. I hope I fail fucking every day so yeah. that I could learn. If you learn something every day, yeah. think of how smart you'll be. D during one of my uh, uh, evals on the uh, Fed side, um, the group supervisor told me that a great thing he likes about me, he said, you, if you, even if you fail on an investigation, you don't stop. Yeah. You, just, you just keep going. And you move on to, or you move on to the next investigation and just keep going. I said, yeah, I mean, that's just me. I'm, I, I don't stop just because, you know, something got fucked up or whatever. No, I'm, I'm not stopping, you know? And, and that's the whole thing with this job. You're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. You're, you're fucking human. When you're working 16 hour shifts every fucking day because you're getting forced or ordered or whatever, your, pot your potential to make mistakes skyrocket because your yeah. mind is that tired. You're human. All right. Being aware of that is a benefit. Well, that's the whole thing of being sapient, right. being aware of yourself, of what you're going through. Right. Monitoring yourself. Yep. Knowing that, oh, shit, I'm a little tired or, oh, shit, that last call, this dude pissed me off. I don't want to yell at. Yeah. You know, this poor kid who wants you know to sit in my cruiser or whatever. And uh, and. It, it's all on you. You, you, the individual officer, can make more of an impact in a community than 10 average cops. As shitty as some of these administrations get, as shitty as some of these leaderships can get, at the end of the day, it's on you. Exactly. It's and, on you. You know, I'm not going to get into uh, stuff that happened with me at my job, <laughs> but, but who came out on top, though? You did. Because I put... I, I decided to be the better man. You also decided be, that that person wasn't going to control you. Exactly. That's massive. Exactly. You took responsibility for what you wanted to do. Exactly. And you got it done. Exactly. And that's it. You know, and, and that's the thing. Again, as, as, as cops, we have this amazing power, this amazing uh, responsibility to really make impacts on lives. I mean, that's why I have uh, my why wall, why I do this job. I yeah. have pictures of uh, kids who are sexually abused that I've investigated. Yeah. I've got pictures of, um, you know, like my family and all that. And I got pictures of my soldiers I was with in Iraq. Um, you know, my why. That's my why wall. Why I do what I do. And and when get things get shitty, and believe me, it's not so much the outside, but what happens internally in police departments. Because right. police departments these days internally are in turmoil. Oh, yeah. Because of the outside influences that are trying to overtake police departments by thinking they're doing the right thing. Like, for example, Bernie Sanders, Asian cop needs to be in an Asian neighborhood. I mean, it comes back to your article. It's anthropological. Yeah. Getting the civilian to understand the anthropology of what we do in yeah. the departments. Yeah. Learn. Yeah. You got to come in. That's part of what we're planning to do with the Project Sapient training. Yeah. Getting these people to do some of our training so that they can understand what it's like to have your heart rate go from zero to fucking a thousand yeah. in a half a second. And how to think <laughs> on your feet. That's the, again, we've, we've talked about it all the time on yep. Project Sapient. That stress inoculation, that think quickly on your feet, that anthropological approach where your heart rate's really high after that incident. Sure. But then you just... Bring it back down. 
You You're know, absolutely it's, right, man. It's uh, so this, that's the latest article I wrote. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Check it out on Havoc Journal. Uh, just look up my name and you'll see all my articles. Uh, we do uh, an article each time uh, when it's released. So, uh, and don't forget, uh, Vet to Vet event. Yes. Uh, end of the month, uh, the 27th of September. It's going to be a great time at Clary's. Yes, it is, guys. October, uh, September 27th. Yes. Six September. to nine. Six to nine. Guys, we're going to be videotaping the whole thing. The guys from Live Boston are going to be there. It's going to be fucking awesome. Come by, have a beer if you're in Boston. If not, send us an email, projectsapien2020 at gmail.com. Let us know any kind of questions you want us to go over or anything like that. We want to say thank you to our supporters, Vector Shields, Gym Junkies, Havoc Journal, LiveBoston617.org, WellnessForWarriors.live, OD Kit, Eagle Eye Firearms, MA.com, GunTrack.app, Hulay-Law.com, and Fit Cops. Guys, we love you. Thank you for making us the number one law enforcement and military podcast on the planet. Stay safe. Stay sapient. I'll send it to you. Yeah, send it to me because I want to fucking download it on my gym. <laughs> That's fucking badass. That's why I kept it on. I heard the I heard the drop and I was like, yeah. what the fuck?